0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So, your Golden State Warriors have made the playoffs. They avoided the play-in, and they smacked the hell out of the Portland Trail Blazers, one fifty-seven, one hundred and one. The Warriors they finish the regular season forty-four and thirty-eight. They have the same record as the Clippers, but the Clippers have the tiebreaker. So the Warriors end up in sixth place, the spot that we'd all kind of felt they would end up in. And they play Sacramento Kings. <laughs> That's going to be a really, really fun, fun uh, series. That's the one that I had wanted. You know, whether they would have played the Suns if they got to fifth or the Kings, to me, the benefits of the kings i mean there's there's a ton and i've talked about them and i'm sure you know some of them as well it's like one the travel time from the bay to sac is way easier on the warriors like imagine if they had to go to to memphis in the first round that would have been really really rough that's that's a lot of travel uh but they can just take the bus to to sacramento and in theory, they don't have to stay in Sacramento. They can just bust back down because there's a couple of days off, two to three days off, usually between games. I haven't seen the schedule yet, but you know that's a positive. Uh, two, there are definitely going to be some Warriors fans in Golden One Center Arena or whatever it's called. Yes, the Kings, they have a rabid, hungry fan base, a lot like the old school We believe Warriors era fans, but, you know, I'm sure some Warriors fans will be able to sneak in there. I'm not going to say it's going to be like half Warriors, half Kings, because I'm sure a lot of Kings fans who have season tickets are going to hold on to them and, and watch these games in person. But there's also probably a ton of Golden State Warriors fans who will be willing to pay a top dollar, pretty penny to get up in there. And then, three, another reason why I like this matchup is that, you know, the Warriors, one of their advantages is that they are a veteran team that has a ton of playoff experience. They're the defending champs, of course. And while the, you know, Kings, they do have some vets, they are largely unplayoff tested. So instantly, just in terms of intangibles, that goes in. The Warriors' favor, whereas, like, if the Warriors, you know, had played the Suns, I would have loved to have seen that. Just, I think KD and the Warriors need to play in the playoffs at some point. Uh, but I think that their advantage in terms of being bets and having, you know, playoff experience, that is obviously nullified when you play a team like the Suns that has Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, uh, even Devin Booker, even though they choked against the Mavericks last year they do have some experience in that in that regard so just on that without even looking at player matchups and all that jazz which you know I'll get to that later in the week in a uh, special playoff preview episode but that's why I like that one a lot I'm happy I can't believe it's been 82 games the Warriors they took care of business like we had wanted them to. They finished the season eight and two in their final 10. Yes, this was a resting bad Portland team. And yes, they didn't get the best effort from the Kings, but I'll take it. I will 100% take it because a win is a win in terms of just vibes and, you know, like how this team looks when they're playing together on the court. Just all that stuff goes into creating like this winning atmosphere in general. I do have to say also one thing that I've noticed about this team in recent weeks, yes, winning helps a lot, but it's seeing more of that genuine joy that the Warriors have always played with. And I talked about during the season that they didn't really have that And when you would see moments of joy, it would be just in games where somebody went off or the Warriors in general as a team went off from the three-point line or something like that. You know what I mean? A lot of times it felt false and manufactured, like they were trying to just will this happiness that they usually play with. But again, winning helps with that, but then also just enjoying being out there and playing with each other and playing for each other helps the winning. It's kind of like a, a cycle, you know what I mean? And I do have to say that Gary Payton II being back on the squad and being out there on the court really, really does help. And so I'm really glad he's on the team and most importantly, I'm really glad that he is not <laughs> in this in a sweatsuit on the bench. It was just about getting him on the court and seeing how he can, how he can affect this team as a player, but also just as a teammate. So that's really solid. And he's done great things on the court, right? Like there was that sequence in the Kings game where he blocked a shot, high-fived the fan, and then went down and got a corner three. Like those are the things that he can bring. And it's crazy. It's crazy that the seedings all came down to this final day, right? After the Warriors won, we were all watching the Suns, Uh, basically JV team play against the Clippers in Phoenix. And if the Clippers lost that game, they would have fallen into the play-in round. And then the Lakers, they would have been the sixth seed and the Warriors would have been fifth. The Warriors would have gotten the Suns. But the Clippers, they came from behind and they won. So they end up fifth. The Lakers go to the play-in, which we all kind of wanted. And then there was a tough battle between the, uh, Timberwolves and the Pelicans in Minnesota, and it looked like the Pelicans were going to win that, but then the Timberwolves pulled that out. So the final seedings for the play-in go: Lakers seven, uh, Wolves eight, Pelicans nine, and the upstart Oklahoma City Thunder at ten. And I'm excited. I'm excited. You know the <laughs> the Warriors. You know for now for. Today, they are 44-38, and six games, over 500 is where they end up. And that is the <laughs> highest they've been, the most they've ever been, over 500 all season long. So it took this long just to get there. But more importantly is now that the season is over, the regular season, I'd like to say maybe call it the extended Warriors 82-game uh, preseason. They are now 0 and zero oh zero, and every other team in the playoffs is also zero and zero so put all that away forget all that forget all the hand-wringing and all the stress of the regular season all the confusion all the weird stuff and get ready for more (laughs) but have it be in the playoffs and the warriors hey i have always said healthy and whole that's where we got to get them and they get a week to get Andrew Wiggins back up to speed. Gary Payton II looks like he is getting there, you know, that he can affect the game. Draymond, he's beat up. This week off will help him a lot. Thank goodness he doesn't have to play one or two extra play-in games. Uh, Steph is healthy. Clay is healthy. Jonathan Kamenga, after that bad fall against the Kings, he he looked great in this uh, Blazers game. So, you know, things are looking up. I'm excited. This is what we've been waiting for. Give me a seven-game series where someone has to beat the Golden State Warriors defending champs four games out of seven. You know what I mean? Like, that is tough. As good as the Kings have been, the Warriors, it's up to them to rise up and show who they are. And this is that particular moment. I was confident that the Warriors would win this matchup. But I also felt that, hey, if they coughed it up, then they would 100% deserve... The play-in which is where they would have landed but they came out and Clay needed five threes to reach 300 on the season he's never hit 300 before and I was like yeah he's going to go for it all of it in the first quarter and he did and he (laughs) hit five threes in the first quarter uh, where the Warriors scored an NBA record 55 points in the first quarter Uh, that's insane you know (laughs) and it was fun to see Clay ended up six for 11, seven for 14 overall from the field, 20 points plus 24 and only 22 minutes. He had five boards, one assist. So just to think about where Clay started the season, where he was hunting shots, playing out of the flow, trying to get his legs back. So many doubters. It's impressive to see how far he's come just from those injuries. You know what I mean? So That is something you love to see. I mean, this overall is a game that you kind of want to have. Yes, (laughs) they were playing a Blazers team that wanted to lose, that was tanking, that wasn't playing their best players. But you want these vibes. You want to see your shots go down. You want to see your offense flow and everybody pass the ball and all that stuff and have everything clicking. Not going to be this way all the time once the playoffs start, but it's good to have this in their memory, in your back pocket. You know what I mean? It's a big confidence builder. Uh, Jonathan Kamenga, I mentioned. I mean, uh, that dude is going to be – he's just a perfect warrior because of what he can do on both ends of the court and his overall just ability. He's getting better, right? Like there was a play – where he tried to do like a, a little slick, like one handed pass in the lane to Clay, but Clay was out of bounds. And Steve Kerr uh, wanted him to just make the simple play. And Kamega did that on the next one, you know, very, very basic. He drove in and the Blazers defense collapsed. And Dante DiVincenzo was on the left wing and he hit him. And DiVincenzo hit the three. Done, you know. Like those are the steps that you're seeing each game in his development. And that on top of the fact that he's getting better making decisions, getting better with his handle and his shot is looking more and more consistent. And then you throw in those two massive highlight dunks. There was the one where Steph threw him a lob coming. that came from the left corner and that pass was high. It was high but there was no doubt that Kameka would get, it. he just came down and just threw it down. I was like, dang, you know? And then there was a one to end the third quarter where he just took his man off the dribble and launched from the middle of the lane and just soared and <laughs> threw it down. I was like, dang, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The Warriors have never, ever had a dude like this in my fandom. You know what I mean? Uh Weber, you know, just different player, but in terms of his physical gifts. Sure, Spreewell, he was a guard, but crazy athletic, but not as strong. Uh Jason Richardson, not even close. So I look at Kamega and it's just like, dang, this this dude, and I've said this before, that I had felt that after he got drafted, he would be the Warriors' best player in four years after the draft. That may not be true because Steph looked like he's gonna be their best player for a while, but You know, in a couple seasons, Kaminga might be up there as like one of their two best players. So you love to see it. And I really think, you know, when he (laughs) plays against uh, Shaden Sharp, the high flyer for the Blazers, he takes that on as a challenge. And some of these dunks and some of these plays that he made were no coincidence because Shaden Sharp gets a lot of pub for being a massive dunker for being a highlight reel and all that stuff and to me kaminga is (laughs) just as much of a high flyer obviously and he showed that today and in terms of kaminga it's like hey i've said this before and i'll say it again uh the warriors not only have they never had a player like him he's basically to me uh the warriors version of you know rookie slash second year terrell owens on the court so marinate on that moses moody Again, got minutes ahead of Anthony Lamb. And hey, again, that is cool with me. I know he's getting minutes uh, because Wiggins is still out, but, you know, seeing Moody, 29 minutes. A lot of this wasn't garbage, garbage time, but he was 10 for 14, 4 for 7 from the field, 4 boards, 4 assists, 1 for 1 from the line, 25 points, plus 39. I mean, these plus minus numbers are just ridiculous for everyone, pretty much across the board. But, You know, if we see Moody in the playoffs, it's good to know that he can get in there and, you know, get in where he fits in, honestly, right? We've talked about how he's a little bit slower afoot, but he's learning. Uh, Shane Sharp came after him and got past him, you know, more than a couple times. But Moody, again, if they could turn him into something, if they can salvage his uh, development from being benched pretty much all season long, in favor of other dudes like anthony lamb and let's face facts because ty jerome is not on the playoff squad he wasn't signed to the full roster that's a guard that was in front of moody who's not blocking his way right so it'll be interesting i think moody will be solid next season if they hang on to him who knows how this season ends but obviously, it's likely that Dante DiVincenzo is gone, so that opens up a guard spot for Moody to slide into, and it's up to him. You know, he, he's not Dante DiVincenzo, but you know, he can do some of the things that DiVincenzo does. And with Gary Payton II back on the roster, he can do some of the things that Dante DiVincenzo does better than Dante DiVincenzo, at least defensively. You know, it was fun. It was fun to watch this one, I'll be honest. And seeing that garbage time lineup of what, of Lester Quinonez, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, Patrick Baldwin Jr., and even Anthony Lamb. I mean, that's, (laughs) I tweeted out that that's the uh, fourth quarter garbage time lineup we've been dreaming of all season long. And I say that because it's like, hey, I don't think the Warriors have had a game like this all year. Maybe there was one, maybe there were two, but yes, there were times where they threw in their young dudes with a couple minutes left, but I'm talking about just a flat-out blowout where these guys get a lot of run, and they have a lot of fun doing it, and all all that stuff. You know, again, it's just uh, the Blazers, but it's a great way to end the season, no matter what. Just It's the kind of showing you want. You didn't want a 10-point win. You wanted something where it's like you guys can just chill and relax and basically start that week-long break <laughs> during the game, almost right? Like once the vets sit, that's the the break. That's when they can start resting and healing and all that jazz. And the worst, hey, another road win, eleven and thirty is how they finish. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> you know <laughs> that Kings game. Hey, was their tenth? I'll take that too. It's better than finishing in single digits in the win column on the road. So good on them. Anyway, I would just like to say thank you to all of you who have listened. This season, 82 games, man, it has been rough, really, really rough. And if you've been watching all these games, just like I have, then, you know, more power to you because some of it was really, really ugly. And hopefully this game and the fact that the Warriors were able to get into the actual playoffs without the plan, the reward is coming. And that reward to me is a really entertaining, fun, anything can happen type playoff run from from these Warriors. And, programming note, uh, I'll be doing a, a playoff preview episode with my buddy Aram in Toronto, just like we did last year. So, stay tuned in for that. Won't really be covering the playing round too much because uh, the Warriors think playing in that. But We'll uh, we'll be having some stuff as soon as those things get all figured out. But again, thanks for tuning in, and let's get ready for the real season. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors, check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen the Oakland Warriors podcast. is produced by National Film Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review, saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful.